again, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Paranormal UK's Inside the Goblin Universe. I am one of your hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy. I'm Brian Bowden, and I am the other host. That's right. Well, we, we are the the host of Inside the, the Goblin Universe, and uh, we, we, we look forward to coming to you uh, each and every week for one hour of our time. So, Brian, let me ask you. Yes. In the world of the strange and paranormal, what has been going on in your neck of the woods? You're in the Bronx, New York. Is that correct? Yes, I am in New York City, the Bronx. It's another whole other planet. Um, but I've been hearing a lot of really weird boom sounds. And it's not your typical aircraft sound barrier breaking, um, you know, Mach 1 or 2. We do have some jets that fly by. But these are like, it sounds like a thunder and or a storm in, in the distance. And what's very interesting is a lot of these sounds are being heard all throughout the world, but recently in this country and on the East Coast. Earlier last summer, um, Long Island experienced big booms that were rattling and shaking houses. Um, I've, I've heard that and I've actually felt that my building has shook a couple of times. And something like that in New York City, given the fact that the towers came down, would be addressed or should be being addressed by multiple uh, emergency vehicles flying by with lights and sirens going, but it's not. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is we just had Easter, right? And mm-hmm. that's when uh, the Jesus is, uh, comes out of the cave. He's, uh, he's alive. He's well. And, and life goes on. Um, and, and we're talking about end of the world and end of humanity as we know it or the apocalypse so i wanted to bring this up and see anybody else's or your opinion and and what you feel about the trumpet-like sounds which are called gabriel horns that have been heard around the world i'll try to get some of those sounds on here so people can hear at home and if you've heard about it also and you want to input your two cents we would love to have you contact us at questions at inside the goblin universe.com and we'll definitely address it we'll bring it back up because i think this is an important subject that's going on mind you yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it is fascinating because um i do other shows I, I appear on other shows as a guest and one show that i'm on it's called spaced out radio out of uh canada uh, it's actually on the west coast of canada uh, a few hundred miles uh, north of vancouver is actually where it's based upon uh but uh we're getting reports even from you know that far flung of an area out in the middle of nowhere, people hearing these strange type of of booming sounds, and there seems to be no explanation for them. But as you said, there also seems to be no response from any civil authorities as well. So that leads you to think, you know, what's going on? Do the powers that be know what's going on and they're ignoring it or allowing it to happen, or are they simply oblivious to what's going on here in Western Pennsylvania, where I'm based out of? Uh, people have re- been reporting hearing these booming. Sounds sounds as well. Um, And if you would look back in history, the idea of sounds uh, being emanated from some strange place uh, is pretty prevalent within our, you know, within our world's history. Uh, The underground sounds has been uh, attributed to Tommyknockers, which was a a form of of gnome, if you will, that was working underground. But, but, But cultures around the world have been reporting strange, unusual sounds uh, emanating from from either underground or out of nowhere. Um, it's interesting whenever you bring up the idea of Gabriel's horn, especially, you know, as we're celebrating the, the Easter season even now, yes. uh, leading up to Pentecost. Um, but uh, that is something that is biblical. You know, people have reported, you know, hearing these sounds as, you know, um, uh, a proclamation of the appearance of an angel or some other divine being. Now, if you would look back in the Jewish tradition, the idea of blowing the ram's horn, which is called the shofar, in order to um, bring the assembled together for um, for a ceremony, uh, it's very intriguing, especially whenever you think about end time and the apocalypse and, and all these other kind of you know um, uh, eschatological theories. Uh, that are these sounds actually summoning? people to have this consciousness that there's something else out there beyond who they are yeah you know it's it's pretty interesting um when we talk about gabriel's horn a bunch of years back i am where where i'm in the city we have planes flying by 24 7 you kind of get used to certain sounds i'm right by near a highway uh for the most part and so i'm I'm used to some of the the noise in, in the area and you know what things are you know what a bus sounds like a truck a plane you know certain type of a construction material we were actually outside it was one o'clock in the afternoon waiting to go to a teacher conference and 
all of a sudden you hear this sound that sounds the best way to describe it as the creature from the old program lost it was like a trianosaurus rex uh made out of metal it was screeching and grinding and the ground shook and we looked around and i'm looking around like is there a plane are they doing construction nothing and i was like that was a little insane and crazy it lasted for a couple of minutes about five minutes um, I didn't hear it anymore thereafter. So when I started looking for these strange sounds online, you hear these sounds everywhere. And uh, just go to YouTube and type in strange sounds heard USA, and you'll have trumpet-like alien sounds coming up or Gabriel's horn. Is this something, is this a sign or a signal? I don't want to get too religious on a program, but is this uh, the signal that something's going on? Right. Well, I think inside the Goblin universe, we can get religious here because we're <laughs> dealing with all all facets of thought and, and, and cultures and philosophies. But the idea of trying to shake somebody out of the malaise in which the human race is in seems plausible to me. You know, that the powers that be, the powers that order and govern the universe, um, you know, to give us a kind of a wake-up call – I think is very appropriate if that is indeed what's going on. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because if you follow the UFO phenomenon and aliens and, and what have you, if you've ever noticed that when there's a natural disaster that that occurs, there are always massive sightings of these these craft in the air. Um, famous is down in Mexico. It, it looks like a constellation. There are these little dots that pop pop up and appear i mean it but it's massive amounts of them and a lot of times this comes prior to a big global event and during a global event Uh, recently if you look at all the volcanoes that happen to be going off now uh, earth is changing she is living and breathing and there have been video after video on there of ufos sighted being inside the actual volcano or moving away just as it blows now some people are going to say oh this is you know that's computer graphics this isn't computer graphics. If you see it from one one you know person, maybe. But we have like ten or, or fifteen different videos of the same situation, and they're seeing the same craft from multiple angles. It's not CGI. People don't want to waste their time with this. We we don't have a generation that really likes to like you know. They don't want anything long. If it's not thirty seconds or less, they don't really care after that. So when you see these craft that, here, that, and they, right. you know, when you hear the, these trumpets and you hear these and you see these lights that are appearing also all over the place, what what is that? We need to wake up to something. But what is it? Is there some other event that's taking place that's coming, right. or uh, it's like, listen, how many times do we have to tell you we blew the horn? You know, uh, yeah, it, it's also appropriate whenever we talk about the idea of religion and unexplained visitations in the sky. Um, I have studied uh, religious history from uh, a multitude of different angles, um, and whenever we start looking at some of the uh, the art from the Middle Ages, early Renaissance, there are depictions of what appear to be spacecraft in some of these great masterpieces of art, uh, especially one out of Italy that shows the crucifixion of Christ. Yes. And in the background, there are two. Now, now, as a scholar, okay, I can almost, uh, you know, rule it out and say that there was a belief at one time that all the spheres and all the stars were ruled by an intelligence, and this was just a representation of one of the intelligences behind the ordering of the universe. Now, that's one way to look at it, but, you know, from uh, a very uh, practical level, it appears that there is a representation of flying crafts that are powered by humanoid-looking figures, And, and not only in this crucifixion scene, but also in the presentation of Jesus as uh, his as as Mary his mother is holding him uh, there is also a strange craft behind them as well now again uh, are these craft that we see as craft because our scientific 21st century minds want to depict these things as spacecraft are they actually angelic visitations? And this is the way that the Renaissance mind and the Middle Ages mind was able to comprehend them. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're looking at this from two different cultural point of views. What we see as aliens, they saw as angels. So what are we dealing with? Um, there is a a, a, uh, uh, a new book out uh, just recently uh, about angels 
and the fallen angels and is it possible that aliens are the fallen angels you know and that's right. something else to look at as well too I, and, and so yeah what is your take on this no you know it, it's it's I've read, you know, Chariots of the Gods, and, and uh, you know, he puts forth some good stuff. But I've always thought, being into this subject matter, and I didn't say it out loud, it's that inner monologue. Although today you can kind of kind of get away with it. But what if these so-called aliens are angels? And, I mean, not to saying discrediting a god, a super god, a, an ultimate being, being who, who he or she may be. I say he mostly because if it was a she, I think we'd all be dressed better. But <laughs> <laughs> but in general, you know, when, when Ezekiel and, and, you know, his craft came in, that had such a feel to the current UFO type of vision. Um, when people go through and, and they go through the hypnosis and they're recounting these craft, I mean, the similarities between current times, modern times, and then going back to even you get to, to uh, uh, the Aztecs and you see the, the stonecutters and, and Machu Picchu, and it's just, just too much of a connection there. Now, right. yeah, even, even in, if you look even at Australian Aboriginal art yes. that, that is going back you know we're talking about tens of thousands of years we're talking about some of this art going back as far as 45,000 BC we see depictions of something strange in the sky and figures that appear to have some sort of you know you would say that it was like a helmet or something now of course the anthropological uh, point of view on this uh, is that we're looking at something from the dream time as the aboriginals would have called it this is some sort of shamanic interaction with the other world this is not to be taken literally or on the other hand is it seriously to be taken literally and this is just the way that these people were able to describe something that they simply could not explain I, I think it actually should be taken literally, and I think we, we, we don't give enough credit to the you know the indigenous people of, of every continent. Mm -hmm. They were more in touch with their world, nature. They knew the timing of it. They knew what certain things meant. Um, they knew that the coyote was the trickster in the U.S. You know, you have the Cherokee Nation who talks about the above people, the star people. You have um, predictions coming from these shaman who have been able to through hallucinogenics, be able to leave that, that rational side of, of the human conscience aside, strip it from you, so that you actually are getting in touch with what you're supposed to be in touch with. That's and right. I think there's a, there's something valid here. I know that they talk about this on Ancient Aliens, and, and I don't have enough hair to, to be like George on there, you know. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, this is something I've always discussed for a while. Now, I don't want to say everything is, because, uh, you know, that's, that's what they do on Ancient Aliens. Everything is, you know, ancient prophecy and this and that. But if you start researching this stuff and you see these signs and you, and I think people need to go talk to some of the natives and, and locals and the indigenous and say, what's your take on these horns that our people are hearing? You know, what happens what, through oral history? What has happened when these horns happen? Have they happened before? And I will almost wager the farm that not only do they know about the horns, they know that it means that something big is coming, an event is coming, be it an earth change or something to that effect, and they're preparing for themselves. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's a good point of view because, you know, as, as a trained uh, mainstream historian, I, I started to encounter things in my research that it's very difficult to uh, explain away. There's, there's a temple over in, in Egypt that was uh, dedicated to uh, Anubis, and there seems to be um, the representation of some sort of flying craft, almost like a helicopter. Uh, yes, I saw that. One yeah, with one of, within one of the uh, columns there. So I mean, it's hard. So whenever you know you're looking at this from a very academic point of view, uh, you can't really sit down and write about this because it would be um, it would be uh, your suicide as a researcher. <laughs> nobody would you know nobody would would take this into consideration. They would think that this is you know this is a fringe, unscientific approach. But but really, there is so much going on out there that there's really no other way to look at it than saying that these people were in touch with something that we simply cannot explain uh, to this very day. Uh, the Dugon tribe of Africa was able to chart the course of Uranus 
within their religion, and Uranus is not naked to the na- to the naked eye, or it's not visible to the naked eye. So, you know, how do you explain something like that? You know, they they understood that they came from the stars, and most cultures around the world believe that we came from some other place. Uh, so, if you would look at this from a religious point of view, you know, you could say that this was God seeding the universe. Uh, but we really do not know what God had as the implement in order to bring life everywhere, you know. Yeah. And that's the other thing that we have to look at as well. Um, that the stories that we read in sacred texts from around the world, whether it is, is it is in Hindu or whether it is, you know, it, it's it's Judaic or, or Christian, whatever the case may be, uh, this was written by people that were trying to come to grips with the divine, you know. And so how do we look at it? You know, do we look at it from a very fundamentalist point of view and think that every word is to, is to be sacroset? I particularly don't because this is human beings writing about the divine. So if that is indeed what's going on, then how do you explain Ezekiel's will? And how do you explain, you know, uh, Joshua blowing a trumpet and the walls come crumbling down, yeah. you know? All these kind of things come into play, uh, and I think it is interesting to look at this from a very um, aboriginal point of view and to think about what each culture had in mind whenever they either wrote about it, represented it in art, or had an oral tradition for this particular event. Um, I think it's very, very fascinating. I, you know, you, you mentioned about the being being uh, uh, on the. Uh the circuit as a PhD in writing about this. Um, but you know, what I find interesting is, and yes, it would be suicide for you on, on an educational standpoint, unless, you know, you went to the Timothy Leary school of PhD. That's right. You know, yeah, it, it, it would, it would be career suicide. I mean, let's, let's put it this way. Um, if you would go to a liberal university and if you would talk about God, that could be career suicide. So you could imagine talking about, um, ancient alien visitations, or right. the understanding that you know there is another dimension that's that that the ancients were somehow able to interact with. You know, you are done. That is it. You're you're at the end of your line, there, my friend. And and I always find it very fascinating about the the those that come out. Um, what was it, uh, Mac, who came out from was Boston, and he started talking about you know the alien connection and and the regression, and there's something to it. And it seems that, like, you know, if you come out of, like, Harvard and you say it, it it adds a more weight to it for some reason. I don't think you necessarily have to be in an Ivy League school to actually have, you know, the direction that you need to go in. But what I do find very interesting is currently we, we live in a very interesting, strange and scary world. It's it's strange because a lot more people are becoming open to more information and things that are not of the norm or weren't of the norm, like this subject matter, paranormal, be it aliens, UFOs, cryptids, what have you. Um, but some of the leaders in our world, in a way, are the tech personnel. And if you've ever did any research on these tech leaders, they happen to use where they come up with these great ideas and great concepts and new type of technology. A lot of them will tell you straight up that they use hallucinogenics or some kind of peyote type of medicine um, on a daily basis, you know, not every day, but, you know, and it, it opens them up to the ideas and concepts that they actually will implement in their companies and they've been very successful on. Because I think what happens is we are so rigid, regimented with yes, no, please, thank you, that sometimes we lose the fact that we are these spiritual beings that are, are here that exist. And we our brain using only 3% is not going to cut it. We have to open ourselves up and blossom like a flower or a lotus, if you want, and be open to ideas and concepts. And I think once we start doing that, um, one, we'll all feel better. Two, there'll be a lot less stress and anger in this world. And I think we'll be more productive. Um, and we'll finally get some answers to these questions. Like, Maybe the Aborigines who sit there and they do a, you know, a sweat lodge or something to put that body to a stress point, they get that that's the key to unlocking the door to like universal knowledge, the truth. 
That's right. And, and sometimes this universal knowledge and this truth, wherever it comes from, actually impacted their culture to the point that they were able to progress as, you know, fundamentally as a human being. Um, so the other issue that I look at in regards to the idea of ancient visitations by the other, you know, I don't want to say that it's from extraterrestrials or, or where they're coming from, but let's put it this way. The other would represent something beyond our realm of comprehension. So the idea of the realm, this realm uh, interacting with our dimension uh, within history, I think is, is for, for, for my perspective, it's, 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 it's a proven and, and I'll, t and I'll tell you why. Um, Back during World War II, uh, there were a lot more um, societies that were, um, you know, we would call them primitive. There were a lot more societies that lived outside of what we would call the civilized world. And what would happen is that there would be these these uh, plane crashes or there would be, you know, something washed ashore or there would be interactions with a society that was completely and utterly alien to them that actually shook their world uh, to the foundations. This happened in New Guinea. This yes. would happen in you know places like that. And and the and the anthropological term for this would be that th these cultures developed a cargo cult around these interactions, so that they would be getting something. Whether it would be you know a, a, a shipment would wash ashore or some sort of landing party would come and they would give them something that was unknown. To their particular culture, so a cargo cult would be built up around, you know, what they would see as the gods. So people, uh, these 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 Aboriginal people, would build effigies of of aircraft, hoping that this, in some way, would beckon the aircraft to return and give them other favors from from the heavens. You know, so whenever we look at this from a very anthropological point of view, the idea of the cargo cult could actually be extended to all cultures around the world. It is just getting to the root of where that cargo came from. Yeah, it's interesting. They did something recently on one of the um, Nat History or something like that where they they were filming a, a group in the Amazon that was very, very uh, secluded. And every once in a while, a plane would go by and they would get down and hide. And the, the the people with the cameras are like, well, that's just a plane. And they said, no, 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 that's a god. And, and yeah. you know, it, it's what a great dynamic to, to see. Like, just think about that now. And then transfer yourself back to, uh, I guess, when when uh, Jesus was born or, or the times, like, you know, biblical times. Everything is just like, because we don't know, we have to revere it as a god. And until, you know, and, and if they're dropping, you know, cartons or, or cargo and by accident, you know, they're, it washes up ashore. You think it's a, a, of a gift to you. That's right. So it, it's it's just a great mindset to kind of think before you go into like, oh, that's CGI. Why don't you just stop for a second, think about it? What that's right. you know, you know, you have to understand something. When people do something, there's usually a point or a purpose. No one wants to do things for free. Um, that's right. And so that's why everything CGI. There's a new video. I don't know if you've caught it. Well, it's been around for a while of uh, an alien, a gray, being interviewed by I guess the U.S. at Area 51. Now, yeah, I, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, it's, it's been around for a while. It's making the 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 the, the circuit. Yeah, uh, it's again. been doing it for several years. That's right. That's right. But here's the problem, and we I've had a discussion with this. Now, half the people are saying no, it's CGI. Other half people are saying it's real because of what the alien's saying. Um, some people are saying it's part of a movie that was never released. We don't know. And this is the problem with society today. We don't know. That's Automatically, right. if one person is CGI, then that, that negative thought is going into your brain. You're like, eh, well, you know, it could be CGI or it could be a movie. But what if it's real? Or when, are, when are we going to stop, honestly? You know, and, and like if something's real. I, I always said that if, if, if Jesus were to come back today, right now today, if, if you, you know, you're a follower, and he said, I am the Messiah, I am Jesus Christ, and he was in New York City, he'd be arrested and sent to Bellevue Hospital. And that's where he'd be. <laughs> and we, we just, sometimes, and I know there's a lot of tricksters out there, but we, we, there's signs everywhere. We just got to start paying attention to them and not just that's discrediting and, and I think that that's what the, the basis of this show is today, yes. talking about signs, you know, uh, the idea of sounds coming from nowhere, and it kind of opens you up to, 
you know, what is producing this that we cannot see. It allows us to think beyond our own, you know, our own reality. Um, also, whenever we talk about crop circles, you know, that's the other thing, too. Yes. So many people say that these are faked, but, you know, I, I have in my possession um, – Renaissance uh, uh, reproductions of uh, things that were, you know, the pamphlets that were set out uh, at the time, you know, shortly after the time of the uh, the printing press, that were being printed up to show you um, the devil making these things because it was believed to be something <laughs> oh. evil. Yeah, so you would see the, the you would see Satan himself out in the field walking around in circles, <laughs> you know, to make this because that's the way that the puritanical mind was starting to understand what was going on, you know, because so much of who we are uh, is based upon, as you said, our, our culture. So, you know, if something is going on out there that we can't explain, we either say that it's from God or from Satan. You know, that's just right. the way that we do this. Uh, so crop circles from the time of the Renaissance uh, was explained to be the work of the devil, that there was some sort of a demonic activity, some sort of dancing going on out there. Usually witches were involved. But it's very interesting to look at these signs uh, yeah. to what they mean and and what they mean to us and what they mean to the to, to the to the intelligences producing it. You know, it's all this dogma that has caused so much problems in this world that, you know, because of, of a control factor and an unknown. I mean, I don't want to get it. Please, please do not email me about the Flat Earth Society. I still do not buy it. Um, <laughs> I don't. But there are people that still and today now think the world is flat. Um, and they make some points that are, you know, OK, that's worthy. That's, I could think about that. I could wrap my mind around it. And then they go into a different tangent. And I'm like, I can't. Um, <laughs> although we may have a couple of people lined up to actually come on and talk about it maybe they'll try to turn me into the flat a flat earther um but you know it, it, it's 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 just insanity we, we've got to stop with the dogma we've got to start thinking that's why we have a brain in our head that's why it controls our, our body our mind our thought our impulses there's more to this it's not just the devil the devil has more on his or her plate than this they don't want to waste time you know putting down putting down the wheat but you know it's it's interesting that right. since the printing press you said this has been pres present so are these are signs i always thought of of crop circles as like alien graffiti you know uh -huh. they don't have trains to do it on in new york city we had trains to do it on so they're, they're always coming up with some of these designs but what, right. what's really interesting is there's a whole plethora of people out there that literally do calculations based on these crop circles and it's a absolutely amazing and undisputable some of the things they're pulling from these crop circles that you have to be an uber genius to actually even conceive let alone put into wheat that's that, that's true and even the way that it's produced and everything I'm, I'm sure the majority of crop circles out there are fake because it's so part of our um our you know our consciousness you know yeah. crop circles all this stuff but what about the ones that were made early on that were you know in some sort of farmer's field out in the middle of nowhere and wasn't reported but you know you, you still see glimmers and in glimpses of these things throughout history people reporting signs in fields you know that's been going on for you know nearly 600 years people have been reporting this so where does it come from and, and you do you did make a good point about this you know we are designed to think outside of the box we have a brain in our heads that we should seriously use to think beyond what has been taught to us you know this is you know whether you think of you know of intelligent design or if if, if you know if we were you know children of god or what whatever your particular position is on where we came from the bottom line is our brain is to be used to think uh, abstractly and it's, I think that we really do need to come to that point where we're thinking more in abstracts rather than concretes yeah it, it you know that's why there's a lot of messages out there and a lot of, of, of things that have been put in place for you to think about. Um, it's not just, you know, Nostradamus's quatrain when some world event happens. Um, there, there's things you should start wrapping your brain around. And, and believe it or not, everything is so interwoven into each other, you'll, it'll blow your mind just to know that. 
Um, it's I don't know if it's a grand design from a grand being, um, but it, it's I, I find it fascinating. I find things. One of the things that we we've done and I've done on investigations is we've catched um, uh, strange sounds, little beeping sounds, and I've I've always been interested in uh, stenography, uh, stenography. Sorry about that. S T E G A N. O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. And that is basically the practice of concealing information or a message or an image within another product, uh, be it video, uh, images, or, or photographs. Recently, they came to the forefront when um, terrorist organizations were, were hiding their plans in photographs or whatever they were sending around. But on one of our investigations, we had a very strange... I was doing an EVP and session and i got this strange what sounded like morse code and it should never have been there there was not there to the naked ear so i actually ran it through a couple of spectrograms and there happens to be an image in there now am i pulling it out from the matrixing i don't know whatsoever but there literally clearly was an image of an alien head in the image um and it looked very reminiscent to the alien that was seen in the old star trek but I'm very interested. Maybe these sounds that we're hearing are there are hidden messages in there. Some people are getting it. They're not fearing it, but they're they're understanding it's time to do something or they're being triggered. And I just don't think we're we're we are woken up enough to, to recognize the fact that something is taking place and we really need to start paying attention to it. That's right. That's a, that's that's an, uh, another interesting point. And we could probably look back throughout time and figure out when we, as a species, have been wake awoken. You know, to take yes. to the next level. Something obviously had happened. You know, we 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 have had this mind in us. If if we would go back four hundred thousand years, we would be the same anatomically human beings back then so we're going back 400,000 years that's mind-blowing to me so art doesn't come into being until about you know 40 or 50,000 years ago what happened you know it, it, it actually came to the point where it was an explosion among various cultures around the world so it wasn't just one culture it was an explosion something happened so you know in those 300,000 years when we were just sitting around, you know, foraging and, and scavenging uh, to become, you know, the dominant species on the planet, there have been instances when whatever happened to us, uh, you know, occurred to take us to the next level, almost like the monolith descending in 2001, a space <laughs> odyssey. There was an impetus to push us along. And it's interesting to think about what might have done that because, you know, we have this explosion of art, uh, you know, 40,000, 50,000 years ago, uh, and then all was quiet. And then all of a sudden, these great civilizations and the fertile crescent come into being you know yeah. then we have pyramids so we, we we go from you know living in in little hovels you know uh created from you know uh dung and mud to building these immense pyramids uh one you know uh, the, the great pyramid of giza was the largest building in the world until the construction of the eiffel tower so, I mean, what happens to us as a human civilization to take these drastic jumps? You know, I, I think when we look back at, at civilization 50,000 years, like 100, a million, um, the communication level was probably more grunty. Um, there was probably some cultures that actually were more adapt to putting it down on paper or, well, stone or something to that, or writing well, yeah, something. You, yeah, you would have had the oral tradition, you know, until right. the development of some sort of language. So, and until the Egyptians, and until uh, the, uh, the, we're looking at Mesopotamia. We're looking at this area wherever writing starts coming into, right. into focus. So, you know, even then, that's another huge jump. You know, you go from the depiction of, you know, uh, bison on, on, on cave walls, and then 40,000 years later, you start coming up with things like the Sumerian Linear A and Linear B. Or hieroglyphics. All, well, yeah, and the Egyptian, you know, we, we have to understand that the Egyptians also had uh, different sets of hieroglyphics. You know, they had a demotic hieroglyphic that right. was designed for priestly use. So, 
so when we think about these cultures, it's not a simple culture. You know, we out of uh, seemingly out of nowhere come up with with not only languages, but the 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 grammar of these languages that is very intense in semantics and 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 and, 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 and so where does this come from? How does this happen? You know, it, and it, and what I I've noticed is that when it does happen, it's almost it's almost instantaneous it's almost like uh, um that missing uh, the missing link you know we're, right. we're, we're babbling idiots right then we have something happens which we don't, we're not sure of and then all of a sudden everybody's painting or, or drawing on caves or putting something down and then the next thing you know we're building cars we have aircraft and now that, we're building bombs that, that's right it's almost as if this information was presented to us or downloaded to us as a species at one fell swoop yeah, it, and it goes back to again. Let's go back to like where we started with this with this message. Now we're hearing these sounds out there. Is this that impetus that that's saying wake up? And are people that are hearing these sounds because not everybody hears it, which is very odd too. I mean, I've been there. I don't. I don't think my wife even heard it at the time. She looked at me. She's like, "Oh, I think it's, it's probably a plane." She wasn't paying attention to it enough. It was a, distinct enough to for you to focus on, especially in the city, um, where it was totally odd. Some people get it, and some people aren't getting it. And then of the people that are getting it, are they getting a separate download from it? Does something convert in their brain or their processing that, that, that converts that horn or the grinding sound to actual a phrase? Um, you know, what's the hidden message in there? And that's yes. what's always been curious, you know, uh, about it for me. Yes, we have the government doing things that probably shouldn't be doing and they're monkeying around here and there. But we can't just focus on, well, that's just the government doing it or that's someone drilling for shale. You know, <laughs> shale. No, it's not. Um, there's other things that are taking place, and I've noticed that these things started to happen more and more, uh, and it correlates very much to a lot of the earth changes that are going on, or wars, mm -hmm. or something ramping up. Now, I can't prove it. I don't have, you know, I, I have a life outside of this, so does Ron, um, <laughs> but we don't have the time to focus and sit there and study and, you know, get, you know, that if it was a movie, that's how it would be. You know, that's that would be our jobs. Um, that's right. But, you know, it's something that's in the back of my head. It's something I think about. And what I love about uh, Inside the Goblin Universe and, and our discussions with Ron and all our guests is that you never know when that one person's going to come on, just like Paul Sinclair said on our last show, that triggers something that makes 50 things you were thinking about before, just like, oh, my God, it was right in front of me. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Yes, and, and that 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 is probably uh, an interesting point to go uh, to look at as well, too, because not everybody responds to these sounds the same, uh, which is you know you know very very interesting to me. Um, if we look at things like Stonehenge, there's, there's there's a current theory stating that it was built in such a way to allow for uh, harmonics and acoustics. So there might be a time when there was a ritual uh, involved within the center of Stonehenge that was able to uh, amplify the sound and actually affect the human body by the sound waves themselves, which is a very interesting thing whenever we're thinking about, you know, these sounds of horns and these, these bangs and things like that that are right. going on in the world around us. I mean, is, is that a wake-up call? Now, now, to go to extension, by extension, whenever we think of these great gothic medieval churches and the idea of these Gregorian chants that were being sung within these these cloistered halls um, you know science has proven now that the harmonics and the acoustics of these churches actually allowed for the direct vibration of these sounds to affect the human body so whenever somebody would go into one of these churches if you would think about you know the sights and the sounds you know the the sun coming through the stained glass windows the sound reverberating throughout your body the smell of incense burning it would have been an you know an overwhelming feeling of the human psyche you would have been bombarded by by this so that's the other thing is that, that we're looking at too are some people presupposed to these types of sounds uh that's a very interesting theory and i think that there is some credence to be set on that yeah you know it and and another thing that i study is infrasound and a lot of creatures use it but what's interesting about when you mentioned about the church wrong which is great is that you know part of that chanting it it 
there's a there's almost like a hypnotic thing to some of the chanting, you know, that that, that the monks have done, or or the Gregorian type of it, um, sounds where they're hitting different notes, and with the vibration that the whole every sense of your body is being pummeled with um, this this awe. It, it, it's almost I, I can just imagine if if we were ever to go see the burning bush or what, what Moses felt when, you know, God finally talked to, to Moses and he was, you know, like he's bending down in front of a burning bush that shouldn't be burning. There's a certain feeling that you get, um, a euphoria, a fear, uh, all that in a bag of chips. And it's just, it's amazing what, what takes place. I, I just think of it as, as, as what's taking place is there's a call, and I think there needs to be a response, almost in like the uh, closing counters of the third kind. You know, they go up on the mountain and they start playing the, with the, uh, the the synthesizer and the music, and the ship eventually responds. I mean, are we are we supposed to have a response to this? Um, right, right. And, and uh, another, again, why I am so in love with our show Inside the Goblin Universe uh, is because I like to look at things uh, beyond what people just naturally assume or actually yes. thresholds or whatever. So whenever we think of these encounters of what people now call um, you know, things from outer space, what happens if it is elemental things in nature? Because again, even in, in close encounters of the third kind, you know, this stuff took place out in the out in the open spaces, up on you know, up on a mountain. You know, this these are some other interesting things that, that should be uh, discussed as well. Because where these things are happening, it's not being you know downloaded into TVs or computers or whatever. It's happening out in the, out in the woods, or it's happening in fields. It's happening within nature. These are very natural things. Things. And that's really what sparks, I think, this immediate uh, reaction in us as human beings that it's happening as a part of the natural world. So these things, whether they are you know from another planet or from another dimension or what have you, they are interacting within the world that we recognize. Even the things like the burning bush, you know, this is recognizable symbols to us. We're dealing with very elemental things such as fire and you know consuming a bush that's not being really consumed. Uh, these are, you know, fundamental to who we are. It's completely recognizable. But whatever is doing these things is working within the parameters of our natural world. And I think our, our, our logic or our thought process, um, there, it's actually very simplistic if we think about it. It's a sound. You should you should hear the sound and react to it. Um, it's a vibration. You should react to the vibration. And. Um, I'm seeing, you know, what I get from this is a lot of people aren't reacting properly to it. Maybe that's why they're coming back and it's moving to different sections. It's not, it is global. These, these events are global, just like, you know, craft and visitation and visual crafts around the globe are, are happening all over. But it's, I see that, that sometimes they, maybe they're looking for a response or whoever or whomever is doing this is saying, listen, here, I'm sending it out to you. I'm waiting for that, 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 that cry back. So that we can, you know, it, it's almost when we were in the woods and we, we had experiences with a, a, what would be classified as a Bigfoot, a Sasquatch, you hear tree, tree knocks. They're waiting for a knock or a response back. We have yet to give them the response. Um, and I, well, in my opinion, I don't think we have given them a response or the proper response. And that's why they keep coming. Um, what it is, you know. It, it's still it's very frustrating, but I love this because we do think out of the box on this. This is something that you know, these are things that 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 actually are in my head every day. I, I look at things outside of the box all the time. That's why people love you know how I, I do things. Uh, absolutely, yeah, and, and there's no life is far too short to think that this is all that there is. Uh, getting up in the morning, uh, going to work, paying taxes. You know, if, if this is all there is, then I think the idea of humanity is is it's it's lost. I mean, we are put here to make a difference in our lives, in each other's lives. We're, we are supposed to, you know, change the very way that we look at the world around us, you know, and if we are not living up to that, that expectation, then we are letting whoever created us down. You know, we are not yep. heeding the signs. We are simply going about putting our time in, which is little more than a, a, a prison sentence on this earth. 
And, and you know, getting back to the, the new or the old rehashed Alien video, in there what they do say something that, that kind of rings, and it rings true for a lot of people, that they are a product of, of Earth. They come from Earth. We, they're evolved. Um, they don't let dogma dictate what they do. Um, and the reason why they're here now and they're going back to observe is everything was eradicated due to a war. Um, it happens to be a nuclear war. We are at the presses of, of, of major, major wars globally. Um, we have a lot of talk about, oh, when does World War III happen? Well, I'll tell you what. We're up about <laughs> World War VI about, that, about this point right now. You can't discredit some of the other global conflicts we have. Now, it wasn't as massive or everybody getting involved as W1 and 2, but we have a, we're at a point right now where we have to stop and we have to really start thinking because we're allowing people to get involved in things that are they shouldn't have been allowed to it's like giving you know children uh two-year-olds loaded hair triggers it's not a good idea um that's right and so maybe when we get back to starting thinking rationally as human beings and really going back to our roots we can all start to talk and have a dialogue and actually start thinking out of the box now this is not a right thing to do this is you know we can't let these people dictate to what we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't let people dictate in your world. Like, if you've seen a craft, and I've seen a couple of crafts. I've, I'm not sure about you, Ron, how many, you know, if you've ever had a, a sighting before. But I remember the ridicule used to go through. And it wasn't until uh, something about the size of a giant stadium flew over my car with my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, in the car, literally standing outside the sunroof, asking, what the hell is it? Um, I kind of just, you know, at that point I had a little bit of justice. I was like, eh, told you, <laughs> you know, I think we, we, we need to start opening up and, and it's not all about money and it's not all about having the next phone. It's, it's start opening up to the possibilities of, of being more humanistic. That's right. Yeah, be, be going back to our roots almost, uh, whatever has allowed us to evolve to the point that we're at, uh, I think now is trying to call us back to a more simpler time. That is why there are signs in the skies and in the fields, you know, why you know why there's this crop circle in a farmer's field in, in rural England and not on the uh, the front lawn of the White House. You know, that, there's reasons yeah. behind this, you know. And, and I think, as you said, We've gotten to the point that we think that we are the end-all and be-all, and that's really the first time that this has ever been like this in the history of who we are. You know, we, we, we are becoming an atheistic society. We are, are, are really looking at math and science as being the god in order to explain everything that's out there. Um, so we have forgotten our origins. We've forgotten our roots, and instead of of lending people the arts or lending people sciences or, or, or medicine. We are now lending pe uh, other countries um, weapons that are capable of annihilating, uh, yeah. you know, an entire group of people. So if we are not being called to wake up, then we may be being called to wake up very soon uh and and if we're not then i then I, I truly fear what's going to happen to the human race because everything that we talked about you know of of starting from you know the the building of fire on up we're going to have to relearn because you know we have the capability now of destroying you know four hundred thousand years of evolution we're capable of destroying in just a few hours yes and and but this brings us full circle it we, does, it we, does. Yeah, we do, and and we're, I know we're getting close to that that magic era where we have to start going. But um, it, we have to go back. We have to stop. Go back. I'm telling you. You know, it's funny in in marketing classes in universities. They always tell you. You know, they they use the phrase "kiss" K I S S. Keep it simple, stupid. We are making things too complex. We have to go back to our, our origins, to our beginnings, to the, to the natives of, of the land. You have to start talking to your, your grandparents or your great-grandparents, God willing they're alive. What was it like? See how hard it was. We're making things too difficult. And I think if we go back, we're going to get some answers. We're going to be able to solve problems a lot more simpler. I think that's what these craft that are coming here and and observing us are we're, we're believe it or not we're not evolving we're devolving um we're <laughs> we, we really need to start thinking 
as as a as a as a giant planet and i'm not trying to preach a kumbaya and and what have you um or a 60s type of mentality um but we have to start getting back to the past look at the past and i promise that, that you will see the future in a in a golden light and it'll be better for everybody and people will be more accepting of of these ideas of craft coming down here evolution of an alien species or adults or, or human beings from earth uh in the future it, it there's something more to this and i think that why i wanted to bring this up is to wake wake us all up to this i'd love the discussion to continue on our facebook page as well or facebook group but um that you know that's that's how i think we have to go back and start re rereading yeah, I think I think that's the point, and I think a lot. It's also interesting to think a lot of these visitations or these manifestations are happening around military bases or very or, or, or things that are very sensitive to who we are as you know human beings. The the places that we've kind of secreted away or the places that is capable of destroying who we are. This seems to be the epicenter where a lot of this stuff is happening, and we need to really uh, decipher why these events are going on. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have to get, I, I want to keep it simple. We have to go back to a little bit more of a simpler time. And while I'm saying that, I'm going to bring you to a different thing. You're going to be going to a simpler time, and I'm trying to get to that simpler time when you go out to a Bigfoot convention, right? Uh, conference. Oh, the, uh, that's right. <laughs> I'm bringing well, it I'll up. Tell you what, to, to, to take it completely full circle, that's right. And I'm hoping to get Eric Altman on here. He's actually the yes. uh, the person that's putting it together. I'm hoping to get him on here uh, right before the event. But this event's only a, a couple of weeks away right now. But it is the uh, Bigfoot uh, Camping Weekend, and it's going to be in uh, in Farmington, Pennsylvania. So if anybody uh, with an earshot is close to uh, Farmington, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's in Fayette County, I do believe. Uh, I say to, to come on out there. It is going to be, and I'm, I'm getting all that information for you right now. I had it all in front of me, but that's going to be May 5th, 6th, and 7th at uh, Benner's Meadow Run. It's a campground, and it's going to be devoted entirely to all things uh, Bigfoot that day. And there's going to be a, a lot of a cool guests. You can go to uh, uh, www.pabigfootcampingadventure.com all one word.com so www.pabigfootcampingadventure.com and you can look at the website right there and see what all kind of stuff is going on there they're going to have a lot of cool speakers there uh they're going to have the uh the uh, mountain monster folks there which is going to be really kind of exciting for me I, yeah. I i do watch the show uh, i'm taking two of my children with me because they absolutely adore these guys but uh there's also going to be some uh some uh mainstream speakers as well I will be speaking on Sunday about the history of uh, Bigfoot sightings around the world uh, and throughout time and place and space. Uh, and uh, so I will be there on Sunday, uh, but uh, they'll have Steve Calls there. Uh, they'll, they'll have uh, 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 Rosemary Allen Guiley there. And uh, so uh, Stan Gordon's going to be there. So just a lot of people. So I urge anybody that uh, has an interest in Bigfoot and are able to get out there. Uh, the 2017 Pennsylvania Bigfoot Camping Adventure, May 5th, 6th, and 7th at Benner's Meadow Run Campground. And my friend Brian, I hope that you are able to get there because <laughs> it, it, the, the team will be together at that point. Yes, I'm actually trying to get out there. It depends on my little foots um, that have big mouths <laughs> um, yes, yes. getting out there. But I, I've kind of got the green light to go. It's just trying to figure out the logistics for it and getting out to, right. the, to the event. Um, I, I would love to meet everybody there and also love to actually have a Bigfoot encounter again. Um, I think that would be great. What, what, a, what a way to end a weekend is, you know, having a tree knock or, uh, you know, or just, you know, seeing something. That would be great. But it That's should right. be a fantastic time. That's why I was when, when you mentioned earlier, um, uh, you know, before the show and a couple of weeks ago, I was like, OK, I got to figure out if I can get up to that thing. So or get, a, get go west, young man. That's right. Go west. That's right. But to bring this full circle, you know, we talk about signs and, and we can take this by extension into the into the cryptid world as well. You know, what do these wood knocks mean? You know, what is the language? What is the vernacular of, of the cryptid? You know, this is all very interesting things as well, too, that we can explore. There's actually going to be two hikes uh, that particular uh, uh, night. I think there's one seven to nine. And there's one like 10 to midnight or something like that. Nice. So, you know, if you do happen to 
important to bring little ones with you. And, and Brian, I, I urge you to bring your whole family with you because this is indeed a family event. But, uh, you know, if you could bring everybody uh, out west with you out here to western Pennsylvania, that would be great. But it is going to be a family event. So, you know, you can take your little ones on an early hike. Or, you know, if you don't have any little ones with you or if you have some older <laughs> ones with you, you can take them on the later hike as well. You know, when they get a little bit older, we'll do the hiking thing. Right now, it's kind of like just to get them to the car sometimes. It's just a little bit too much. Although my youngest, um, when I go out on investigations every once in a while, she said, you know, she'll ask me, are you going to go get, are you going to go see Bigfoot? And I said, well, yeah, we may see Bigfoot. She goes, oh, can you bring him back for a tea party? Which I say it all the time. And I'm just thinking of, of Harry and the Hendersons a, a bit. Um, I don't think my daughter would be too thrilled to see a, a, a real Bigfoot. I think that would scare the hell out of her. Um, she was a little bit scared about Beauty and the Beast when we went to see it. So, well, unless, and, and like you had said, they mean different things to different yes. people. So it's very it's very possible that everybody that you know encounters these things uh, gets a very unique response to that particular stimulus. But you know, it, it it's very interesting, and they're they're very interesting creatures. And I I definitely, I we I've had my own experiences with them. I uh, haven't seen them full on. Um, I I, what, you know, it's really interesting being an investigator in this and a researcher in the, in the, the entire genre of paranormal and and the world and life. Um, when you catch these things on film or video or tape or whatever, it it just blows you away. Because a lot of times people see things, oh, that's just on TV, honey. You know, they'll just, oh, that, that's just a TV <laughs> thing. When you actually have an uh, electronic voice phenomenon on your brand new micro cassette recorder or your whatever, um, you just you shake your head. I can't believe I have that. Uh, it, it's just that's right. It's so th- there's there's signs everywhere, um, and it's just amazing. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to try to get uh, you know get, get get the crew to go, but I don't think my wife or my kids would be too thrilled about it i mean if it was regularly camping maybe we'd get a day out of it but, <laughs> um, definitely yeah. dry. i understand i understand but you know what this was an absolutely fascinating venture inside the goblin universe today with you uh with you brian um to talk about signs and what they mean to humanity, I think is something that's really not being covered. And I didn't want to make it all about UFOs. I didn't want to make it all about, you know, yeah. this kind of, you know, I wanted to make it a little bit more uh, so it can be all things to all people. But I think the bottom line that we should leave with our, leave everybody with is to be open to whatever signs that, you know, the higher powers, the universe has to tell you. Yeah. You know, and, and don't, I, I, shame and 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 society and the ins and outs stop subscribing to that you know be your person be your own person and you know what if you see something yeah question it uh definitely question but think about it what could it be um that's how i look at it i look at things and i say okay this just happened let's start going through a list of things it could be and and i think you'll find that if you just stop for a moment um things start to make sense and even the, uh, the the most bizarre things start to make sense. Why is it happening? Why is it occurring? And that's why I've been personally successful with with what I do because I do think outside the box. I don't follow the norm. I don't follow the crowd. Um, and it's not because it's hip or cool. It's just because that's how I am. I'm curious. My children actually do the same thing. It drives my wife nuts. Um, but they're always asking more questions and they're thinking different things that come up. Um, and different ideas and concepts. So definitely be open to this. This this should be, you know, something you do on a daily basis. I'll tell you what, my friend, looking at the time, it, it appears that we are now out of it. Uh, but I appreciate all the listeners uh, tuning in once again into Paranormal UK's Inside the Goblin Universe. Uh, my friend, this is Ronald Murphy. I'm going to be signing out. And I'm going to be signing off. This is Brian Bowden. Have a good one. Until next week, guys. You got it. Good night. Thank mm-hmm. you.